last two, three breaks. Down the middle of the field, it is caught. Loose football. Who's got it? Down at the one-yard line. How about that? That is the ultimate kibosh. (laughs) (laughs) And we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. It is the Week 16 Wednesday Show, Championship Week. It's a good week. The season is uh, nearing its end. So, you know, excited about that. Holiday season is here. I am Matthew Friedman, the Editor-in-Chief of Fantasy Labs. Joining me for the show are Peter Jennings and Sean Corner. You can follow them at CSURAM88 and the underscore odds maker in the Action Network app where you can track your bets and get real-time NFL odds. Peter is a Fantasy Labs co-founder and two-time DFS world champion. And Sean is the Action Network director of predictive analytics and the number one in-season fantasy pros ranker for each of the past three seasons. It's just going to be us three Zs for this episode. Uh, Our guest had microphone issues and was unable to join us, but uh, that's fine. More, More goodness just coming from us all for you. It is the holiday season, which means we are in the giving spirit, which means that right now we're going to give away a free Action Network subscription to a listener, you know, because that's what you do this time of year. You know, we give things to people like take me, for instance, in my fantasy leagues with my friends. This last week, I gave them all W's. You know, we're, we're very generous that way. So the lucky listener getting a free Action Network subscription is Richard Toth. Uh, if you want to be like Richard and get a free subscription, follow me, follow uh, Peter and Sean, follow Ian and Chris Raybon, follow all of us in the Action Network app, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and then send screenshots of the follows and reviews to podcast at actionnetwork.com. That is the plural podcast at actionnetwork.com. And then, of course, listen to future shows to hear if you are the lucky recipient. We won't be doing this giveaway for too much longer, so be sure to uh, get in your follows and your reviews. Okay, guys, it is uh, week 16. No Thursday night football, uh, but we have two games on Saturday, which leaves us with a 12-game main slate. Let's start at the quarterback position. And, uh, Sean, let's look at the guys right now in our pro models who are standing out at the top. Andrew Luck is someone who is up there. Cam Newton is up there. Deshaun Watson is up there. Do any of those guys catch your eye, or is there uh, really anyone else uh, that you are looking at right now? Definitely not Cam Newton. Um, I'm still in the middle of updating projections um, from last night's game, but he's definitely getting a downgrade after that performance. So, you know, I will not be having any Cam this week. I've been targeting uh, right now Dak. Um, I just think his price right now is a little too low with the the matchup against the Buccaneers. I think he's a good cash game play because I think he has a pretty high floor here. His ceiling might not be that high, but, um, you know, with cash games, we're, we're targeting high floor guys. So I think Dak makes a lot of sense. And right now, a- Andrew Luck's price is a little too low, too. And um, I currently have him as the top-ranked uh, QB, so he's another guy I'll be considering as well. It, it seems pretty wide open at QB, but I'm, I'm narrowing it on Luck and Prescott right now. Pete, any thoughts on those two guys? Prescott in the Dallas offense was not good last week, but this is a much different spot coming back home to play Tampa Bay. He's actually been playing better defense, but I still think uh, Dallas can do really well in a bounce back spot on offense. So I do like Dak Prescott, a grand Andrew Luck. Then the other guy that I'm definitely considering, or I guess two guys, uh, one guy a little bit more given the home road splits is Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees and Big Ben both could have really nice games here, but uh, I lean Drew Brees at home. Uh, that definitely is a game we want to uh, have exposure to. So Drew Brees is another guy who's up there, and then the punt would be Nick Foles. Uh, and depending on roster construction, I don't think he's awful either. 
Sean, I would like your thoughts on, uh, on Drew Brees specifically. Uh, since we've seen Mark Ingram come back, they've been a very run-heavy team. Uh, so traditionally, you think the Saints at home, a really good spot. That game, the Steelers-Saints uh, game, is the uh, one with the highest total on the slate. So we would be looking for a high-scoring game, but we just haven't seen a lot out of Drew Brees in this run-heavy era. So I'm curious about what your thoughts are with him and where we have him uh, in our projections. Breeze is, is tricky. And, you know, I've always touched on his his floor being lower than people realize. And we've, we've seen that come to life. The past four weeks he's thrown for uh, less than 205 yards each game. So we're kind of seeing the Breeze from last year um, where there's, the Saints are just such a good team and have, you know, defense clicking. So they don't really need Breeze to throw for 300 yards like we're used to. So, you know, I'm a little hesitant at his price. He is at home. And, you know, it's worth noting they've been on the road for three straight games. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. We know Breeze home away splits. So um, I, I do like the Breeze call, but I, I consider more of a GPP play than, you know, a cash game just because his floor. But, you know, when it, when it comes to Nick Foles, I think that he's a great punt play, but we, we can get to the other positions. I think there's just so much value at other positions. I'm probably staying away from Foles, and I'm, I'm spending up at QB this week. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all opportunity cost and how you want to construct your roster. Historically, we've wanted to pay down at quarterback, given that there's a, a lower range of out, or a, a more narrow range of outcomes at quarterback than other positions. But given the value and the opportunity that some of this value has on the slate, I think it does make sense to pay up. And yeah, the Drew Brees conversation, I, I definitely agree with you guys. The, the running is a concern, but just look at the total at home. I mean, there's still opportunity there. So we'll see. Uh, I think that's a, a really interesting game. And I think a critical thing we'll, we'll talk about throughout this uh, podcast is getting that game right to me seems like a big part of having success on this slate. So one other quarterback standing out at the top of our models, uh, Deshaun Watson, specifically on FanDuel, he's cheaper there. So uh, more value for him. Of course, if you look at his splits uh, with and without Will Fuller, like that's, it's a pretty significant impact uh, on like a point basis that Fuller has had. And obviously uh, since the injury, the, uh, the rib injury that was suffered in the middle of the season, Deshaun Watson hasn't been throwing the ball quite as much. Uh, so I'm curious about your thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Sean, and uh, where we're having him right now in our projections. Yeah, I, I mean, on DK, he's the second most expensive QB, so I'm not high on him there. I haven't checked FanDuel yet, but um, obviously if he's coming at a discount there, he's in play. But uh, we'll have to also see uh, Lamar Miller's status. If Lamar Miller can't play, then um, I'll probably boost Watson up quite a bit because they'll probably lean on him even more. I don't see them, you know, giving Alfred Blue and Jontae Foreman could be back this week, but I don't see them running as much if uh, Lamar Miller's out. So I'm going to wait on Watson uh, calls until till we find out Miller. Um, but he's just sort, sort of a middling QB in my mall right now. So at that price, I'm, I'm steering clear. All right, let's talk about the the running backs. Obviously, it is early in the week, so we are still waiting to hear on a number of guys. Uh, James Conner, for instance, uh, also Spencer Ware. I mean, Melvin Gordon. I mean, obviously not in the slate, but like just a, across the board, you know, it's near the end of the season. It's kind of running back apocalypse. And, and Todd Gurley is someone we're still waiting uh, to kind of get more information on him about his potential injury. But right now he's someone uh, who has popped a little bit in our models uh, on the high end. And then also Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Sean, how are you kind of distinguishing between these guys? So with, with Gurley, like you mentioned, um, you know, he's hobbling into this week. I'm not trusting him 
uh, on, you know, we're recording on Tuesday. I'm not trusting him this week. The uh, the Rams are two touchdown favorites at Arizona. It makes no sense to get give Gurley, you know, 25 plus touches, um, especially if they they finally do blow out a team they should. But I, uh, you know, I'm looking at Zeke Elliott at home against Tampa Bay. Uh, this game sets up perfectly for him. Um, you know, they're they're a touchdown favorite, so I just think they're gonna they run it, they're gonna run it. On Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay, they've been most vulnerable to running backs, and they've allowed four uh, running backs in the last five games to rush for over 100 yards. This is just a smash spot for Zeke, and even Christian McCaffrey at home against the Falcons, um, especially after last night, we saw that Cam, you know, his surgically repaired shoulders failing him at the end of the season. So I'm expecting a ton of dump offs to McCaffrey against the Falcons, um, who I will say their, their defense is getting a little better. They got Deion Jones back. So I, I wouldn't expect a repeat of week two where he gets 14 catches again, but I think he's a great play at that price, especially with Gurley banged up. And not sure if you mentioned him, but Barkley, um, he's super cheap this week for him. So he's going to be enticing, but I'm actually fading him uh, against the Colts. And with the season winding down, I think they could limit his workload. Um, so that that's all the more reason to have as much Zeke and McCaffrey exposure as you can. Pete, what do you think? Yeah, so the big thing we'll be monitoring is the girly news. Uh, given when this is going to come out and recording, that's just what you have to monitor and figure out how to handle. Uh, obviously, if he's out, which I'm rooting for, uh, Kelly will become all-time. I mean, this could be just a, a dream scenario with this matchup. Start looking past him. I, I like all the top guys. I mean, I think Zeke and McCaffrey, uh, like Sean mentioned, are, are definitely in play. Probably prefer Zeke just because I think Dallas is going to bounce back in a really big way. Tevin Coleman finally paid off. I've been on Tevin Coleman all year. Finally came through in a huge way last week, which was great for tournaments and for best ball. Uh, he is the Amari Cooper for me this year, but at least he had one good week. Um, and then, yeah, Saquon Barkley is a little cheaper than normal, but I think there could be some concerns. And I'm also going to monitor Odell Beckham's status. Uh, if he comes back, I think that limits some of the targets Barkley might see and We'll kind of we'll, we'll have a good idea of how we want to handle that spot. Um, then you obviously you have the Pittsburgh running back situation. Uh, depending on what happens with Connor, sounds like he'll be back. And you have both Saints running backs. So there's a ton of guys at the top, and depending on how injuries break, uh, there's a lot of options. One, I guess we can save it for pivots, but I have one running back that I absolutely love that I don't think will be too chalky, even though I think he should be. All right, so Pete, you mentioned there uh, in passing the two running backs for the Saints, uh, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Ingram is someone in, in the middle of the salary range who has popped in our models. Um, how are you? How are you approaching those two running backs? Because at this point, it's I mean, it's it's not an entirely even split, um, but it is pretty even, and uh, a lot of it seems to be game flow dependent. Uh, how are you approaching those two guys? Yeah, so I'll have a both of them a ton in tournaments, and you could probably make the argument, um, maybe not this week. In the past, they've they've been playing them together has actually yielded some tournament wins, which is really amazing considering they're obviously uh, inversely correlated completely. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Kamara, to me, still has the most upside. Um, he still looks great, man. Just watching him play, uh, he has that burst that just gets him by everyone, and he's so electric in the passing game that the upside, especially on DraftKings, he's still – my favorite option, but Ingram's nice. Probably prefer him on Fandle, and I think uh, Ingram and the Saints defense as a pairing uh, makes sense in tournaments. Um, we'll get to it here in a little bit, but I, I like someone who's in the same price range as Ingram quite a bit this week. Uh, that, yeah, Sean might have an idea too. <laughs> uh, one guy who's popping in our models is uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, of course, like the uh, 
the projection for this might change. And I'd like to get Sean's input on this. Um, how are you approaching Drake? And then also, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I say Kalen Bellage just because it makes me think of the Bellagio, which I feel like that should make sense. But uh, how are you approaching the split between those two guys? Yeah, so that I think that's going to be the question of the week. Um, and right now I have them basically tied. Um, and Bellage is $200 cheaper. So I think he might be the way to go. Um, Drake is obviously going to be the pass catching back. Um, and it was interesting to know, Adam Gase mentioned after the game, um, you know, they limited Drake after Frank Gore left and Gase made it a point to say it wasn't injury related. You know, that's just the way it went. So I think Bellage will be the workhorse back and certainly the goal line back. I would be a little bit concerned that they might give like Brandon Bolden a vulture score, but, um, I think Bellage will be the back to own. Um, Drake just has value on DK just because I think he will be the pass catching back. So I'm still giving him three to four receptions in his projection. Um, but both of them at that price, we're going to have to pay attention. And, um, it's not a great matchup against the Jaguars, but they're at home four point favorites. So, um, you couldn't ask for a better situation for guys under 4k. We'll just need the rest of the week to kind of see how this is going to iron out, but it, it certainly looks like Bellage will be the guy to own. All right, let's talk about the wide receivers. Um, One of the expensive guys in our models clearly popping is Michael Thomas versus the Steelers at home. Uh, Adam Thielen is also popping uh, against Detroit. And then kind of in the uh, mid-range-ish, we also have Amari Cooper at home. And then Robert Woods, uh, Pete. I'm assuming that you are all in on Amari, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong and where else are you looking? I'm on Amari and Gallup, and sorry, I missed the one running back that I absolutely wanted to mention before, too, Marlon Mack. I'm going to have a ton of Marlon Mack this week. The guy is balling, getting all the red zone looks, and he just he passes the eye test in flying colors, and that Colts offensive line is playing awesome. So should have mentioned him. Um, in terms of receivers, Amari Cooper, yeah, last week when he was absolute chalk was clearly a great time to pivot away from him in tournaments. I thought the move was Gallup, who I went to a ton. Puts up the old goose egg, which was devastating. But I think both those guys are certainly in play as really nice tournament options and maybe even cash options, depending on how you want to attack. Gallup, obviously, way more thin than Amari Cooper. Uh, Michael Thomas, I mean, I think he's the number one receiver on the board for me uh, overall in terms of expectations. So I definitely will have a good amount of him. Love Robert Woods. Um, you know, Juju and Antonio Brown in that same game are nice. You have T.Y. Hilton. Uh, who I was a little concerned might not play. I thought he was good to go. Then true game time decision then plays. Um, you know, I think he's someone who should be a little bit more expensive. Uh, he's finally coming up a bit more in price now, but uh, I definitely like him. Chris Godwin. I mean, there's a ton of guys at receiver. Uh, the one guy I need some an opinion on is John Ross, who I'm a sucker for. Uh, now everyone's hurt for the, the Bengals. John Ross. Amazing YouTube highlights in college, fastest 40-yard dash, amazing preseason, and does nothing uh, in the NFL so far. Sean, is this the week John Ross finally blows up? Yeah, I I have him labeled as the guy I was going to mention as a value play. Um, I wouldn't trust him in cash. Uh, Would not trust him in cash, but he is definitely worth a GPP flyer this week at 3,800. You know, I I don't know who else they're going to throw to. They have – like, you know, Alex Arison, Cody Core, uh, CJ Uzmoa, who, who I actually do like at tight end. But, man, uh, if Ross doesn't have a good game here, then I, I'm just going to have to move on from him because I've been burned from him 
many times before. And the guy, the guy still, you know, he still scores touchdowns. It seems like his average line is one catch for eight yards and a touchdown. So I think he could have a big week. I'm just not going to touch him in cash. But when, when it comes to the top guys, I agree with everything Pete said. Mike Thomas is actually my top ranked wide receiver and he's like the fifth most expensive guy Robert Woods is by far my favorite mid-tier guy we, we know that Patrick Peterson never goes guards the slot so uh, Woods should avoid him and with with Gurley banged up I could see them relying on Woods a ton this game I'm in the short intermediate passing game so I love Woods at that price and then it's pretty wide open from there and uh, even a guy like Alshon Jeffrey I think sticks out a little bit right now at his price especially after the week he had last week. Um, but, but like Pete mentioned, I think Ross is, is the cheap guy to kind of make sure you have a lot of exposure to in GPPs this week. Uh, any thoughts on Adam Thielen? It's a, a similar dynamic kind of to what we would maybe see out of Robert Woods and that Thielen presumably playing in the slot more than Diggs uh, would be able to avoid Darius Slay. Although uh, with the new offensive coordinator, we did see Diggs uh, get more reps in the slot. So uh, maybe a little more uncertainty regarding Thielen. But uh, Sean, do you have any thoughts on what we might see out of Thielen? Thielen is going to be overlooked this week. I think his, his ownership is going to be sat by – uh, guys like Amari Cooper in that price range, and especially Michael Thomas, that's just a, a few hundred dollars more expensive. I think people definitely buy into the the new offensive coordinator running it more, and it certainly worked worked last week against the Dolphins, but they you know they won by nearly thirty points. But like you mentioned, I think the Lions, you know, ever since they got Snacks Harrison, their their run defense is a lot better, so I think they they will throw more. I think Thielen. Uh, will avoid Slay. So I think he's going to have a big game and be, you know, very low owned at that price. I just, I think I might be fading Cooper just based on the matchup. People might flock to him, but Tampa Bay, they haven't allowed a hundred yard receiving game uh, in the second half of the season. So they're a good defense to have a high floor game against, but they just haven't been giving up the huge games like we've seen. So I just think it's, it's a good leverage play to uh, take field this week. All right, let's talk about tight ends. Uh, two guys are really standing out in the models, Zach Ertz and Eric Ebron. Uh, and Pete, I want to kick it to you. Uh, do you have any opinion on those two guys, or are you looking elsewhere? Zach Ertz, not good last week. Bounce back spot this week. Uh, going against Houston, who has gotten burned by the tight end a couple times this year. I think Ertz um, should see a lot of volume. And his price tag has come down after a really poor performance, so – I like Zach Ertz uh, a good bit. He's at the top of the model for me right now. I do think Ebron is another really intriguing option. Those two will soak up a lot of ownership. It's interesting that Ertz is only 200 more in DraftKings than Ebron, uh, which probably will make him quite a bit chalkier. Uh, Derek or George Kittle uh, is the most expensive tight end uh, and has a really tough matchup, but the upside is obviously there. Uh, in terms of pivots, uh, Sean mentioned a little bit earlier in the pod, CJ Zoma makes a lot of sense, 3,300. I think he's probably my favorite punt. Uh, Christopher Herndon would be the other guy I'd look to. And then just straight upside, who's still near the top of the model that, I mean, I've been disappointed overall in his season, but he has flashed some good games. And he's seen, you know, pretty much five to six targets every week. David Njoku, uh, at some point, he's going to have some really, really big games. I thought we'd see a, a game with two or three touchdowns this season for sure. Maybe it comes this week against Cincinnati, who's just been awful on defense. So there's like five or six guys that I really like, uh, and that's where I'll be looking, probably off Gronkowski and, and some of the other ones, but Gronk is my, my big fade. Sean, you have thoughts on Ertz and, uh, and Ebron? I mean, especially Ebron. Like, I thought last week was a total great spot for him, and then uh, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, he burned people too. I would say every – 
tight end stunk last week. Every good tight end, yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, I think Ertz, Ertz is getting docked way too much this week. I don't think he should be priced with, with these other four guys. Um, you know, if, if we were going to stop playing a tight end that burned us, there would be nobody left this year. So uh, I'm betting on Ertz bouncing back and going to have a ton of them at this price. Um, yeah, and like Pete mentioned, Uzoma is the option in, in sort of that mid-tier range. Uh, with Boyd out, I don't know who else they're going to throw to. Um, so if you want to spend down, you can go there. Uh, a guy that, you know, is interesting, if you if you want to really save at the position, would be Gerald Everett. You know, if Goff struggles, and especially if Gurley is limited or out, I could see him leaning on Everett. We saw towards the end of the last game, he was definitely looking Everett's way a ton, and he's 2,900. I mean, I'm probably going to be spending up at tight end this week and getting Ertz. But if you really want to dig for value, I think Everett's a sneaky play this week too. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit, uh, if you guys have thought about this, uh, about some of the players we might be looking to fade. And I know, Sean, you had mentioned earlier uh, potentially fading Amari Cooper. Um, but I'm curious if there are other expensive players or guys you think are going to be popular that you would be fine with fading this week. Uh, nope. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much covered it. I, I'm fading Cooper uh, for Thielen, um, for some leverage. But um, aside from that, you know, there's there's so much value at running back that I'm actually finding it pretty easy to fit in all the, the top price guys I like. Um, so, so I think this is definitely a stars and scrubs week. So um, there, there isn't really any uh, top guy I'm fading this week. Um, but I, I certainly think that fading Cooper with the great matchup on paper to take a guy like Thielen makes a ton of sense to just get some leverage on the field. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I wanted to mention Mac as like a, a pivot because I think there are some guys that people will want to take in that same price range quite a bit. Um, Dalvin Cook coming off a huge game. I think what, after, like Sean mentioned, after they've gotten Snacks Harrison, they've been a lot better. Um, there's other guys. I mean, Coleman's in the low 6Ks now. I think people might chase the points with him after last week. Uh, if Connor somehow got ruled out, Jalen Samuels would be popular at 6,700. So a lot of these mid-range running backs, Joe Mixon, 7,100. After a big game, uh, Chubb, 7,300. I think Mac makes a ton of sense uh, as a pivot. Uh, at the receiver position, it's it's interesting because I really like the top-end guys. I definitely am going to Michael Thomas over someone like DeAndre Hopkins, even though Hopkins has a, a really great matchup. Uh, but recency bias, I hope, will make Michael Thomas uh, a little bit lower owned. That's kind of where I'm looking right now. I think quarterback's wide open uh, at the top. I think there's a lot of good options. So, uh, And the ownership there should be pretty spread out anyways. All right, let's uh, look at some teams or games that we might looking to stack. Uh, and if you look at our live odds page at Action Network, you see the kind of the, the bigger games, Steelers at Saints, 53.5 uh, over under. That's really the biggest one for the slate. And then after that, you drop down to like the, the 47, 48 range. Uh, Rams at Cardinals, Falcons at Panthers. Um, those will probably be the three games that people gravitate to the most. Aside from those, are there other games that right now are catching your eye as ones that you might be looking to stack, uh, Pete? Yeah, so the obvious game that everyone's going to kind of at least look at is the Steelers-Saints game. And the concern is the Saints have been running a lot more. You have Big Ben on the road, uh, and that Patriots game was disappointing. But I still think it's a really good spot to look at. Both these offenses are so high-powered, and I think uh, if things start to break the right way game flow-wise, it could be really, really high-scoring. 
the best scenario, in my opinion, is Pittsburgh getting out to a lead and then the Saints having to come back throwing the football. So that's the first game. The next game, if Odell Beckham plays for me, would probably be this Giants-Colts game. The downside is the Giants really have no incentive. They have incentive to lose. Um, but the Colts, I think, uh, can play really well in this spot. And if Beckham's healthy, that gives an, another weapon. So that's a, a game I'm looking at. Tampa Bay-Dallas, I think, is intriguing. If you think Tampa Bay uh, can keep this game close and at least limit uh, you know, Zeke's rush attempts to make Dallas have to throw a little bit more. Uh, those are the games I, I'm most intrigued by now. Uh, Carolina Atlanta might be popular, but it's a divisional game. So I'm trying to find some of these spots that are a little different. That's why I'm most intrigued still by this St. Steelers game. I just ownership is going to be the hard part there. Yeah. And just to add some context kind of to, to this slate in general, uh, again, another week where we don't have a lot of games projected for uh, high scores. Uh, and the, the last, so although this season, uh, right now we are on pace for the most points in NFL history, uh, within the season, the trend has been down. Uh, so the last three weeks have been the, uh, the three weeks with the fewest points out of the whole season. Uh, so although scoring is up, uh, we might be in this valley of scoring. So not, uh, not the best of slates as we, we move towards the end of the season. Uh, Sean, any games catch your eye here? Yeah, it's another week where we have, you know, a pretty high total on 53 and a half and then just a bunch of 44 to 46 totals. But the the game that seems like a sneaky stack for me is the um, Packers-Jets game. I think this this total is a little – it's a couple points lower than what I had my uh, power ratings model. Uh, but, you know, you have Green Bay um, basically, you know, out of the playoffs now, nothing to play for. So I could see uh, Aaron Rodgers just slinging it around and – Aaron Jones might be out, so even more reason for Aaron just to throw it around. So having, you know, a pretty contrarian Rodgers Adams stack and then sending it back with a guy like Robbie Anderson, who we didn't mention, um, is always a high upside play. And uh, I don't think we talked about it earlier, but Elijah McGuire is another great play this week at 4,700, I believe it is. He's going to be the workhorse back for the Jets the rest of the season. So I think there's a lot of value here and definitely easy to make some good game stacks. So, Sean, as you were speaking, I just bet the over on that game. So, uh, so if I lose money, it's your fault entirely. Nice. What um, number did you get? 44. Not bad. Not bad. I think it opened. I bet the over on the uh, Falcons-Packers game when Sean had that block. Oh, was yeah. Nice. And, uh, yes. The result's not important. The line movement is important. And good job on that, Sean. Yeah, I think I had my, my power rating was like 52 and a half or 53. And I think it landed on that exactly. Not that it matters, but. The line yeah. movement is what matters and you yeah. nailed it. Sir. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to the uh, the pseudo bold non non obvious uh, calls for the game. One fantasy and one game. Uh, Sean, let's start with you. So my real life bold call is the Lions beat the Vikings outright. A lot of the same reasons I mentioned before. I think you know the Vikings are all excited that they're you know running first team, whatever. But I think they're going to run into a bit of a roadblock against the Lions. Like we mentioned, Snacks Harrison. Definitely change that defense for the better. Um, I think this game can it's just going to be closer than people think. So, um, in practical purposes, just take the uh, Lions plus six or plus six and a half, wherever it is now. But I think the Lions upset uh, the Vikings here. Um, and then DFS, my bold call is Tevin Coleman outscores Saquon Barkley this week. He mentioned him earlier, but I, or I just wanted to elaborate that Ito Smith was placed on IR too. So Tevin Coleman should get the Lions share workload here um i believe he's gonna be a free agent so this could be a good audition for him i love tubman coleman this week he's my top value play 
Um, and I just see him just there's more reason for me to think that he's going to have a good game than Saquon Barkley. So that's, that's my bold call this week. Yeah, I like that. And uh, in our rankings, which came out this morning uh, at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy, I believe we all have Tevin Coleman in the top 10. I, I yep. might be wrong, but we, no, you know, yeah. top we, 10. we have him, we have him up there. Uh, Pete, what about you? My bull call for DFS for sure is Gallup comes out and is a top 10 receiver flop lag. Uh, Still shouting out the LCSU guy. It was a very disappointing game for the whole offense. And I think once everyone gets humming, uh, he can have some really big opportunity down the field. So I'll take Gallup again, doubling down on uh, what was an awful take last week. Uh, in terms of real life, I'm going to say the 49ers shock the Bears. Uh, big letdown spot for the Bears. Go to the West Coast. And I've been impressed with San Francisco. Uh, all the reasons to just you know, mail it in this year. Uh, Shanahan's done an amazing job with all the injuries they've had. And uh, at home here, I think they could possibly get it done. Maybe a long Marquise Goodwin touchdown. I would like that. And uh, I'll take San Francisco winning outright as four-point dogs. I've been betting against San Francisco the last two weeks using the logic of like, oh, they have nothing left to play for. And it's just, it's killed me. And uh, so, yeah, their, their third straight game at home. Uh, I just, I don't know if I want to touch that game at all. But uh, yeah. For me, uh, bold call for the game. Texans on the road. Uh, their second straight road game in the Northeast playing outdoors. Uh, they're playing a motivated Eagles team uh, fighting for its season, rallying behind Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, coming off a big Sunday night football road win over the Rams. So the Eagles are favored by one point at home. I don't know. Like, I'm not a professional handicapper, but that line just feels off to me. Like, the Texans are the better team. They've won 10 of 11 games. The Eagles' secondary is beyond injured. Uh, I think this could be a big letdown spot for the Eagles, and the Texans are highly motivated. They have a real shot at getting the number two seed in the AFC. So they, they really do have something to play for. Uh, so I think that the Texans will win by double digits. Uh, my bold call for fantasy, maybe the best game of the week is going to be the Steelers at the Saints. Uh, and we have two conflicting narratives colliding in this game. We have the Steelers on the road where they have historically been uh, a really underperforming team, but they are playing at the Superdome, uh, the course field of fantasy football, where historically visiting teams have actually done better than they've done at home. So which narrative is going to win? Uh, and I'm going to go with the one that has Antonio Brown going off against a defense that is top five in points allowed to wide receivers. Am I trying to have my cake and eat it too? Of course, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to say that Antonio goes off for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Eat it, trolls. So anyway, uh, I'm betting the over on his props, uh, which delightfully brings us to the prop betting segment of the show in which the odds maker sets lines for us and we lose. I started off the season so hot. I thought last week was going to be good to me, and then I had my worst week ever. I went three and eight. Uh, our guests are now 91 and 77. I am 88 and 74. Pete is a nice 69 and 82. And then Sean is creeping towards 500 uh, at 48% right now with a 233 and 248 record. Uh, just a reminder, Sean's projections power the Fantasy Labs models as well as our props tools, uh, which aggregates the player props from online sports books compares them to Sean's projections and shows you which bets provide the most value this season. The props with a bet quality of 10 have gone 212, 96, and 11. Good for a hit rate of 66%. Be sure to check out the props tool at Fantasy Labs. Sean, what props do you have for us this week? So let's just start off with Jared Goff. Um, really unsure what to do with him this week, and I want to hear your guys' take, but um, I'm setting his DK points prop at over under 20, just 20 even. 
you were going to say 20 and a half. I, I didn't want, yeah, I don't want, I don't want the hook. That's how scared I am with him this week, but uh, 20 even. On the road against a team who doesn't score very much, I'll take the under. I mean, here's my question. Have you uh, updated the projections recently in our models? How, how recently? Let's say within the last five minutes. Is there a news item that I'm missing? Or? Uh, no, it's just uh, I, was, I was looking at um, – it's, it's 21. Yeah, I, you have it at 21.8 for DK. I, yeah, I'm doing the, the median is lower than the mean strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 and a half. I'll take under. And it's, a lot of it is Pete's logic there that uh, I could see them not needing to use him all that much. Yeah, yeah, and this this prop is live whether Gurley plays or not. Just FYI, and just to, um, to look like uh, quarterbacks have not scored all that many fantasy points against the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals really don't have all that great of a pass defense. Right. I mean, I think for his confidence, though, McVeigh might want to have him go off. Just That's because true. It's been so brutal. So I, I just think, just psychologically speaking, I think they want Goff to have a big game here. Yeah. Um. So next up, Drew Brees. Um, like I mentioned, you know, the past four games, he has, he has failed to throw over 205 yards. Granted, three of those games are on the road, but having a tough time setting this line against the, the Steelers at home, um, I'm going to offer you guys 270 and a half. Over. Bang. I like Breeze. I figured. I almost added on five yards. But I, I, <laughs> I just think this is a different spot. I think that this yeah. the Steelers can put pressure on him. The worst case is they get up early, especially with like a defensive touchdown or something. But Steelers put up points early. I think. I think. I think the Saints will have to throw here. Man, I'm really conflicted on this because, like, you know, it, you 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 want to go over on everything basically when the games are at the Superdome. Um, but uh, I'm going to take the under. I, yeah, I think I think it's a good line, but I'm going to take. Yeah, it. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be close. I mean, if you look at his game log, he's either 350 or 190. I mean, he's been pretty erratic this year, both directions. So uh, I don't think this one's going to be close. Um, next up, Nick Foles, total passing yards. Um, I have the line at 260 and a half at home against the Texans. 260 and a half. I'll take over. I'll take over. I think it's a good line, though. Uh, next up at running back, Tevin Coleman. With Ito Smith on the IR, I think he's going to have a big workload. Total rush and receiving yards at Carolina over under 86 and a half. I'll take over, but I, th- I think that's a good line. I was trying to guess the line that you would give us, and I, I guessed 84 and a half. I'm over too. I would love to make up some ground on Friedman, but it's looking, it's looking bleak. <laughs> All right, next up, Kalen Balaj. Total rush receiving yards at home against Jacksonville. This is a really tough line to set, but uh, I'm going with over under 58 and a half. Right around where his prop's going to be. That's a really good line. I was hoping you'd say like 40 or 80 or something. <laughs> I thought it was possible. I'll, I'll take the under. I'll go over. I like Balash. He has a lot of pass-catching ability, and he's you know like a big-bodied guy uh, with good athleticism. Like I think he's – like underrated just for the NFL. Like, you know, yeah, he has like, he has like Damon, Damian Williams type of potential, which makes sense. Like that's basically who he replaced on the team. Agree with that. Yep. yep. Um, next up, we're going off the main slate just because we have to talk about this guy, but Derek Henry, total rushing yards um, at home against the Redskins uh, over under, oh man, over under 76 and a half. You, no, I, you, I offered, you, I, I offered you, you guys were, 64 and a half last week. You guys laughed at me. 
But, um, you know, he followed up his 238-yard game with a 107-yard game on 33 carries. I, I'll get a regress, but you know, yeah, I'll I'll take the over. I think they want to continue to feature him and Deion Lewis has really seen his uh, workload curtailed. So um, yeah, I'm going to go with with Henry on the over. I'll take over. He's he's trending. Seems like at the end of the year too, he's just running everyone over. People don't want to mess with him. Just yeah, I like I like the spot for him again. Yeah, late in the, the defenses are all banged up. Makes yep. sense. Just run him in the ground right now. Next up at receiver. John Ross, total receiving yards at Cleveland. Uh-oh, I think this is a typo. Let me let me make a line on the spot. Over, under, 41 and a half yards. Over. I'm dying on the grave of <laughs> – uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll have to take over just because, like, they have to throw it to someone. If they give him enough targets, one of them will turn into, like, a 50-yard bomb. Yeah, like, like I said earlier, even if he goes under this, I think he's still a good sh- bet for a touchdown. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, actually, I mean, I, I said over, so I'm going to stick with it. But, like, do I really want to take the over on any receiver attached to Jeff Driscoll? No. Like, I, you know, so anyway, I'll, t- I'll take the over. But if I had to think about this more, I probably would have done the under. <laughs> well, yeah, he's done a lot of short catches. I thought he was going to have, like, once a game, just like an electric big play, you know? I mean, yeah. maybe he misses it occasionally, but he should get wide open at least once a game where he's down the field. And yeah. Just, it's been weird. It's been a weird season. Yeah, well, I mean, he might get a lot of attention from the defense this week, so we'll see. But, yeah, if he doesn't get over 40 receiving yards this game, I'm I'm moving on from him. Uh, so, next up, uh, I mentioned this guy last week as a deep sleeper, um, Robert Foster. He now has back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, he used to be just sort of a deep threat, but now he has a pretty complete route tree. So, I, I've been thinking of him as sort of a poor man's Marquise Goodwin from last year. Uh, I like this guy a lot. Um, he's at New England. I'm setting his over/under receiving yards at 51 and a half. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, give me the under on that. Like a lot of his production has come from longer plays, which like that's always possible with that offense. That's just kind of how they're built. But uh, I just don't want to bet on a guy like that. So I think that's a mean median situation. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's he's put up over 90 yards um, three of the last four games I believe but you know the mm-hmm. other game was like a 10-yard game so you're right I I think it's gonna be uh well over well under I, I just like him a lot and I, I was willing to take some uh overaction there just to or overaction on my side on him just you know try to catch up some ground you guys why, why do you can you expand on that just a little bit I'm curious why you like him so much uh like I said um you know earlier in the year if if you look at like his route tree he was just basically just going deep but mm-hmm. um especially with Kelvin Benjamin gone um, he's he's running underneath a lot more, um, and we saw that with Marquise Goodwin. That's why he kind of erupted last year. His his route tree became more complete. You know, I I bet on him a little bit last week, and you know he came through. So I'm definitely just the momentum. You know, we'll see what Bill. I Bell like I like that call. I mean, it's just uh, a spot going into New England. Yeah, exactly, and Belichick might figure out a way to completely shut down that offense and not let. Allen run around so so we'll see but uh, I'm willing to take uh, the over 51 and a half there I mean it makes he's gone over that number in four of his five like games is like an integrated part of that offense like you're you're probably going to be right on this yeah I'm just I'm just trying to call attention to him I think he's, he's <laughs> yeah. one of the overlooked receivers we we have right now so trying to shine the light on him a little bit so so next up at wide receiver this week on the main slate we have some good ones and I'm willing to let you guys take all the guys 8.1k or higher 
or the field for um, top DK score this week. That was great salesmanship there. Like I'm, I'm willing to let you guys take. It's, it's like, so like I'm willing to let this go for the, the <laughs> low, low price of. Well, I'm, um, I'm giving you guys the option. You know the sites yeah. that give like, will the guys score a touchdown? They don't give the option for no. You have Juju, you have OBJ, you have Thielen, you have Amari, Ty under that. Mike Evans, yeah, easy. I'm taking the field. I'm taking the field too. Just too many options. So, so to be clear, I have Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, and Antonio Brown. So it's five guys. Yes. And I came up with this being close to 50-50. So um, we'll see. Uh, so next up, uh, tight end, Evan Ingram, total receiving yards at Indy. Um, and that all bets are action no matter if Odell plays or not. So you got to factor that in. I'm, I'm setting his line at 46 and a half. I'll take the under. I love Evan Ingram. Screw it. I'll take the over. Little hedge. I hope Beckham plays badly. So, yeah, he's uh, he's popped. I think seventy five plus yards each game that Odell's missed. So <laughs> I think if, if Odell misses, Ingram's a no brainer play. Next up, CJ Uzoma, total receiving yards at Cleveland. I'm still trying to figure out where these void yards are going to. So I'm I'm setting his line at thirty seven and a half over. Easy yeah, over for I'll, me. I'll take the over. I think he's safer than uh, than Ross. I mean, Ross can do it in one catch, but I think Uzoma will get targets this week for sure. Yeah, yeah. Next up, uh, similar to wide receiver, um, I'm letting you guys either choose Zach Ertz and George Kittle for top score or the field. Give me the field. Get Ebron and all those guys. Take the field. Yeah, I'll do yeah. the field. And, nope, and hope, nope. hope, Ebron, hope Ebron scores multiple touchdowns. <laughs> Ingram could do it if he gets back. Vance McDonald was nice last week. I don't like Gronk this week, but at least there's some insurance in Joku, Uzoma, Austin Hooper still. I mean, I think I think the field is still pretty strong. Yeah, Tough matchup for Kittle. Yeah, yeah, no, no Kelsey. So I, I think those top two make it close to fifty-fifty. But yeah, with the yeah. field, you have so many outs. But willing willing to offer this bet at least. Sean, you feeling pretty good about your side of these bets here? You know, I, I strung you guys along in the early, early part of the season, you know, gave you free rooms at my hotel, let, let you stay. <laughs> and then at the end of the season, I'm just, you know, yeah, just taking that money back. Hopefully I can get to 500 by the end of the year. Yeah, just, just cleaning up over there. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod for all of our upcoming episodes. For Peter Jennings and Sean Corner, I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. See you again next episode. 